0: the last. will be first. What a day, I'm telling you. All things
1: will be new. Living up in a town world. Yeah, we're living. Yeah, we're living. Living up in a town world. This is Jimmy and Annette, and we are coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country, and we're excited to be with you today. It is Sunday afternoon. We've decided to move our Recording times to Sunday, but we are living up in a down world. Hello, Annette. Hello. How are you doing today?
0: It's been a great weekend.
1: It has been phenomenal. We've got to talk about our weekend, uh, and we've got we got a topic that we're going to talk about today that we're hoping and believing that it's going to really help some people today, because this is something that everybody I know labors under this to a degree, and it, what's the topic?
0: Shame. Shame.
1: Shame. Shame on you. Did you ever get that when you were a kid? Shame oh, on yes. you. Did you ever get it as an adult? Occasionally. Uh, probably. <laughs> probably. We all have, for sure. But uh, we also want to let you know that Chevy is with us, and he is in true form. He is crashed out on Dame Annette's lap. And uh, <laughs> he got so, so... This is how it's funny. You know, so this is episode 15, and since we've started doing this... The first couple of times, he'd he'd come in, he'd want to get in our laps, and we were like, no, no. And then we gave in, which we always do to Chevy. And now he, when he sees me start setting up for the podcast, he gets super excited. He
0: knows what's about to happen.
1: He literally, so I have to move some chairs around. I I give you my office chair, then I go get your little tiny chair. Because
0: I need a bigger chair for Chevy. (laughs)
1: Right. That's exactly right. And so uh, anytime I start moving stuff and he sees that I'm like moving the microphones, it's like, he's just like super excited. So he's probably the most excited person in the world about this podcast (laughs) right now. So he's our number one fan. And because he loves getting up in in Annette's lap and then crashing out. He's just,
0: I felt bad. My watch just got caught on his tail and pulled out a ton of (laughs) of hair. I feel so bad, but you know what? He didn't even make a move. Unphased. I'm like, really? If it were me, I would be
1: <laughs> screaming. Helping. Yes, he's unfazed. Nothing bothers Nothing. this dog. This
0: is, which is the coolest so dog.
1: Funny, he's Mister Chill. So um, we've had a huge week. I mean, we came off of Easter in last week's podcast, which was number fourteen. We we talked about Easter. We had a huge Easter weekend, and wow, we did three services. Had a ton of people. It was packed. And, but we were just buzzing because we were so thankful for what God's up to. Now, since then, we had a night of worship. Mm-hmm. So tell them what a night of I worship I
0: love is. night of worship. Night of worship is where we come together. We invite anybody who wants to come from, you know, the area. They don't have to, to be attenders of our church or members. And we just have a night of worship. It's about an hour and a half straight worship. And in the middle of that time... We have baptisms, and we had fourteen. We had planned on ten, and we ended up with fourteen, and it was beautiful. It was mainly adults, mm-hmm. only a couple of children, and um, it was shocking. It was beautiful.
1: And for those of you listening who maybe this is this is newer to you because I have noticed some of the comments, particularly on Fountain. That's where we get a lot of feedback. Um, have been, hey, thanks for doing the podcast. It's it's helping me return to my faith, which mm-hmm. is uber encouraging for us while we do this, really. So we want we want to see people come home.
0: Well, we want to bring life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And kind of erase some of the darkness of religion, you know, and rules I and laws. I don't like the word and,
0: religion at all. I know. All. It, it has a bad connotation. It
1: conjures up bad things, just like if we were to say government.
0: Ooh, you know, wait. Up, like, okay. Let's no, talk there <laughs>
1: I got the heebies when I said that. Yeah, we need to clear the room. So, um, but, but same thing with religion, and people have had bad experiences in churches because churches are made up of people. people. And all, we're
0: all imperfect <laughs> people.
1: A running joke of ministers is that being a pastor would be amazing
0: if it if weren't it wasn't for, for people.
1: people. <laughs> so, I don't agree with that, though. No, because we actually, love people. I told my church this morning we, we pastor a church called Bridge Church in Fredericksburg, Texas. And uh, it's just a thriving, it's, it's alive. It's just so alive with God's presence and spirit and love. And I told the church, I'd give you a group hug if I could right now. I mean, because you know, you're opening so, up
0: your arms and while you're talking, and like, like, like people can see you and they can't see you.
1: Oh, you mean right now? Yes. Well, I have to act out or I can't oh, talk. Okay. Okay. When you're a communicator, <laughs> you communicate with your body right. and your mouth.
0: Well, that's true.
1: So even when I'm talking so,
0: okay. on a podcast. So you're doing it for me.
1: Your hands are moving also <laughs> quite dramatically.
0: Not like you. You actually <laughs> did a hug.
1: It's like give three feet, three feet <laughs> space or somebody's going to get hurt. But yeah, I put my arms out. I said, I would give everybody a hug. We love what we get to do. But the culture we've tried to create, and, and we feel like God has led us down this path, is a culture of, um, of grace. It's a culture of mercy, a culture of love. In life, and uh, I'm just a, I'm a no-stinking-thinking kind of guy. In fact, mm-hmm. there's a reason why the title of this podcast is Living Up in a Down World, right? Right. It's because that's our attitude, that no matter what's happening out in the world today, no matter how dark things got, it get, and it seems like the last three, four years have been brutal.
0: Really? Brutal
1: on people. Mm-hmm. And things have gone just really awry, and gosh, you wake up one day and go, how did we get here? However, you don't have to live completely under the weight and gravity of a crazy, of a world gone mad, right? So anyway, so that's what our church is about. So back to night of worship. So we are talking about that, and and what we love about that, and what I wanted to encourage those of you listening, maybe you have never stepped over the line and become a person of faith. Maybe Christianity is new to you. Maybe it's something that... You, you were involved in when you were younger, and now at a, at a later time in life, you're thinking, I got away, I, I got hurt, or I got, you know, damaged in a church, or I just drifted. And that's that's most people. And uh, maybe you've thought about coming back. Maybe you've thought about giving <clears throat> church, the bride of Christ, and uh, Christianity about Jesus, the groom, a chance, you know? And so we would invite you to come home, in a sense, you know? We pray a lot. Um for people who have, for whatever reason, gotten away from things and and need to come home. We pray for them, and, you know, we all have our our seasons and our times, right? Yes. And so, um, night of worship is this. Oh my goodness some <laughs> friends of ours just booked a trip to Venice
0: after John Lynch talked wow. about Venice Wow we'll
1: talk today. about that story in a little bit I know bit, I'm sorry
0: I had to show so you that friend task.
1: of our are actually our across the street neighbor said because she listened to John she watched him on the on the online We
0: had a speaker today Yeah
1: we had a special speaker we'll talk about John in a minute but she, he was talking about Venice and she booked a trip to Venice Yeah
0: just she just did it because of him talking about how beautiful it is and Wow <laughs> I'm just like going, wow, okay.
1: Well, I mean, we're right Let's on the verge book of booking a, trip a, to Venice. booking a cruise.
0: Well, we are going because, on a cruise in January. Yeah,
1: with Mercy Me and yes. John Lynch and Stacy, and all these people. We'll talk a little bit. So, night of worship. I keep getting off.
0: I know. Sorry. It was my fault. <laughs>
1: it's okay. Well, I saw you checking your phone. Night of worship is uh, exactly what that is. We celebrate, we do baptisms, and baptisms are, are an external sign. It's people who have said yes to Jesus Christ, I, I want to be a Christian, And I want to accept Him as my Savior, make Him the Lord of my life. I want to follow Him, learn about Him, and I want to become part of the body of Christ. I want to get involved and connected. And so that's what baptism is, an outward expression of an inward reality. So our heart gets changed, and then we get to say it out loud.
0: What I love is um, one of the women that came forward to get baptized, it was not planned. All of her family was there. She's an attender. She she's a member of our church, but she's elderly. She has a lot of health issues. She's wearing an oxygen mm-hmm. constantly, and she runs up. Well, also walks fast up to the baptism, and said, "I want to get baptized." She's pulling off all of her oxygen. Her kids, which are, you know, in their forties, yeah, say, "I mean, yeah." I grow. mean, they're just like, "What is going on?" And they run up, they're running up, and they're crying, going, what? And she said, it's time. I got baptized as a child, but it didn't mean what it means wow. to me now. I, you and I lost it. You were baptizing her. Oh, I was her. crying. I you couldn't You were crying even talk. your eyes out. You were just like, I can't do this. And yet Adam Curry gets baptized, and it was so... It was a, such a different response and reaction from you, and it was because of the happiness of...
1: It was a joy. It, Joyful it, party. Celebration.
0: Yes, culminated into that moment. we we'll
1: talk about Adam's baptism, too, because that's super cool. Yeah. So Sherry was a, is who yes. we're talking about. Oh, my goodness. So about, what, two years ago, we visited oh. in our three, four years ago. I think it was it before
0: was, that. Before COVID. Yeah. Yeah,
1: COVID's become kind of a... Marker I know, in it, uh, I know. so it was before COVID, and we got a call that Sherry was dying. I mean, literally in the hospital, dying. She was her heart was failing. I had to drive from Fredericksburg to Austin and uh, go to the cardiac I was center. And oh my gosh, she looked. I
0: thought this is it.
1: Literally, we were like, this is it. She's not going to make it. She won't make it through the night. And the doctors were saying the same kinds of things. And we've watched her bounce back, and then she'll get sick again, and she. I mean literally she's she's a walking miracle.
0: I was gonna say the energizer bunny is what comes to my mind. (laughs) I'm thinking a cat with warm (laughs) eyes kind of thing. It's it's unbelievable. Unbelievable because I remember seeing her in that bed. Yeah. And she just kept trying to relay to us that they weren't taking care of her in that hospital. Remember that? that?
1: Heartbreaking. It's horrible. But to
0: see her come and get baptized like that, it it was just I don't it think there's a dry me, eye. No. Even if you didn't know her, you it would be crying watching that.
1: Me. Because I'm trying to talk to her and say, Sherry, I'm, I'm, you're such a walking... I'm looking her right in the miracle. eyes, and I've got a microphone in my hand, and she's in the baptistry. So our baptistry is like a big hot tub, kind of, where I don't actually get in the water. I'm standing beside it, and then we lower them down and back up, and... uh I'm standing there trying to say, "Oh, I'm so proud of you." This is a, b-. and I just lose you just it.
0: Can't you just start? I bawling. had to
1: stop. I said, "I'm sorry." And
0: every female in that room started crying because you were crying
1: because a dude was crying. Yes, well, I mean, it's just real because we. I saw her at the death's door mm-hmm. and literally didn't think she would make it, and here she is, so excited. And she's pulling her oxygen thing off and all the respiratory therapists in our church are losing their minds. They are. Like, oh, <laughs> one of them actually doing?
0: came to me yeah. and was like, Oh That's my what gosh. I mean,
1: yeah. What? what, what? I was okay. like, you know what? Hey, it's good. she's good. All good. And it is, it was a beautiful thing. So we baptized children. We had adults, we had a family, we had a Spanish speaking mother, Spanish only. And, and one of our staff is two of our staff are very fluent in Spanish. And he baptized her. And that was beautiful to see Brian baptize her and her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had a 77-year-old that wanted that to be baptized. scary.
0: All I was thinking about was liability, which because I, I'm over risk management. Of course. <laughs> uh, getting up in that <laughs> baptism. You're so but funny. But then I was worried about how fragile he is right. and what if he fell and it hurt himself. Right. And he was a trooper. Oh my
1: gosh, he was. So to describe our baptistry, it's about four and a half feet tall, and you got to get on these steps to get up into it and step over the edge. Daunting. It's yeah, it it really is. Children, it might be daunting for me at this point, but it is very tricky. And so we had we made sure we had like three men on each side holding their hand. So we're we're real careful with all that. And, uh, I offered when, when his name is Cameron, I've never met anyone in their seventies named Cameron no, I thought and, then, that was, and is a right. he's a guy, he's a dude and precious man. He just lost his wife recently to a four year battle a, with cancer. What?
0: A few weeks yeah, ago. Just a
1: few weeks ago. And he, he had already planned and she was going to get baptized right. before she passed. So they were already, ha- they were already on this journey and, uh, it, it was beautiful when he told me when he wanted to be baptized. I said, "Well, we can go to a river because there's lots of rivers around here. Make it
0: easier on him just or to walk there's down." A, there's
1: a wellness center here in Fredericksburg that has a ramp that goes down the pool. They've let us use that for baptisms before, which is really kind. Yay, wellness center!
0: But he said no. He said, "I no, want to go baptized. in there." And I'm
1: like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> and he did, and it was beautiful.
0: Well, Absolutely I think my beautiful. favorite part of the baptism experience. Was watching all the pastors come yeah. alongside each one and help baptize with you.
1: This was spontaneous. I, it was
0: very spontaneous. We had never seen this. We've been here seven and a half years, I have never seen a pastor come alongside you, much less, I think there were three and another staff member, and they were all helping.
1: It was so odd. I was I mean, it was, like, I was absolutely in tears. beautiful because we are, our staff is very close. We're, we're very much a family, we're very much friends. We love doing what we do. We all know we're we're living in a miracle, and we know it, and we're grateful. And to see all of them walk over to the baptistry spontaneously, and before I baptized the first person, they stuck their hands in the water like they were going to help. And I was like, "How cool is this?" I didn't say a word. I just went with it, unscripted, un you know unplanned. And when I lowered that person down, they all they all put their hands on him, laid him down, and. It was the most beautiful. That's probably beautiful, the most beautiful baptism this beautiful, I've ever this seen. It is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced mm. in, in, in terms of and baptism. And then Adam.
0: Oh, uh, got to talk goodness. about Adam Curry oh, because Adam goodness. has
1: been building up this baptism. <laughs>
0: well, I remember. Let me just say this. When <laughs> Tina got baptized, I think it was four months ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, back in October, November. Yes, and
0: he was there, and I think something was said, you know, you're next, or you going and he's like, well, let me think about it, you know. <laughs> And then I think he just began to really seriously think about it and his faith began to grow until finally he said, I'm ready. And so we, we gave him some dates and we said, Because whatever date you want, we'll open it up to the family, basically anybody who wants to get baptized. And so he he gave us enough time out, you know, out yeah. there that we were able to plan it. And boy,
1: oh how oh, he my was goodness. stoked. So, you got to understand, he even knew what he was going to,
0: down to what he was going to wear in that
1: Baptist So, for those of you listening to this podcast, the reason you're actually listening to any podcast is because he invented podcasting yes. about 17, 18 years ago is when it kind of became a brainchild, him and another guy together. And he, so he's considered the pod father. He is a great podcast with john devorek called no agenda we highly recommend and then also our favorite and we love all of them but our favorite really is with with adam and tina his wife it's called curry and the keeper highly we recommend talk
0: about it every week. i know
1: and i'm going to keep talking about it
0: and they talk about ours well as that's well, true so. that's
1: true it's that's value for value right we right. love these guys and and we're so proud of them because we've been able we've got a 50 yard line seat to their journey of faith, and they made up their mind to walk together. So it culminates in Adam getting baptized. He's super excited, and he's just—he's losing his mind over. it. He's talking about it on the podcast. But he wants LED lights in the baptistry, wants haze in the air. He wants me to he's play hilarious. a solo. I mean, it's hilarious. Which
0: we did not do any of that. No, because no, it's no. He
1: and it didn't matter. So I'm looking up the the Twitter uh, the tweet that I I posted about Adam. So I asked Adam, because I never presume on a friend, and I just hey, you mind if I post a picture of your baptism? He's like, please do, get it out there. And so I posted this picture, and I wrote, this year my friend, Adam Curry, has been growing in his faith journey, and last night it culminated in his profession of faith and subsequent baptism. Tina was baptized recently, and they are on the journey together and I wrote those faces, pure joy, because it's a picture oh, of picture Adam. This amazing. massive smile, and there are pastors all around them. Smile. It was just a party, party in the baptistry with Adam. No, f- go figure. <laughs> I'm looking right now just to see how many, um, how many uh, views that's had. I'm looking. Oh, over forty five thousand views. Oh my goodness. Eight hundred and sixty two comments. Uh, no, 862 likes, 72 retweets, 85 comments. And that's just from one tweet of people. This isn't about me. This is about Adam. People are so excited that Adam stepped over the line, gave his heart to Jesus. Now he's, his buckets are full and overflowing. He's leaking out all over the place. He's so full of Jesus. It's
0: amazing to see what God's done Very in cool.
1: Lives. Very cool. So that was our night of worship. It was just a great celebration. So we've had a great week. And then... On when did John and Stacy get Friday. here? So we have some dear friends, John and Stacy Lynch. John wrote a book called The Cure with two other guys. Later, he wrote another book called On My Worst Day. I highly recommend oh both of those books. Yes, and John um, John grew up in California, then later in Arizona, and uh, he is a master storyteller.
0: Oh my goodness! A
1: master communicator and just one of the one of the best wordsmiths in the pulpit I've ever mm-hmm. but he is not and he pastored how
0: many years 35, 35 years, years at open door fellowship Unchurched. in uh,
1: phoenix but he's not like a preacher he is more like an actor
0: he acts he, out he's dramatic his sermons
1: it's, it's un- because
0: he went to school yeah. Well, you know, he was
1: in theater, and he, exactly. he was a theater teacher at one point.
0: And then he got saved, Radically and it saved. changed everything, but it didn't affect that part of his life because he used that talent that he has exactly. in acting for sermon. It's amazing. And he tells the story, so we're not just seeing an actor up there
1: right, that's right. acting
0: out and doesn't truly believe what he's saying. He. It's amazing. I would encourage you to go to our
1: website. It's bridgefbg.com, bridgefbg.com, and watch the message from today. We had a 9 a.m. service, 1045. Uh, The first part of it's worship. You can fast forward if you want to go right to John's message. Watch John Lynch. John is an amazing author. Let speaker, um, pastor, now his son, is, Caleb is pastoring that church while John's traveling now, and oh. Stacy. So we had John last year. and just blew our world up, and it was so good. And we just... We fell in love. We felt like we had a best friend. I mean, this is our new best friend. And then we brought Stacy with him this time. And immediately, it was like family. And it's interesting when you meet. I was telling John today, I said, John, it's funny because when we're in our 20s and we meet somebody, we don't have a lot of history to talk about. So you run out of stuff to talk about after about 15 minutes when you're in your 20s. But when you're our age, which I will not say out loud. because you do all the the same. Oh, Oh. I'm not going to do it on, honey, I'm going to respect you. right. We're supposed to respect our elders, right? Oh, so, wow. So as Annette and I have gotten a little bit older, a little more what we would call tread wear on our tires, right? That's for sure. That's one way to say it. Um, what's happened is is we have story after story after story, and then John and Stacey have story after story, and then we went out to eat with Adam and Tina and John and Stacy, and us, and you talk about a table full of stories.
0: Oh, my goodness. We, we, could, we couldn't
1: it, put them in eight volumes of books. I mean, that's—and for Four hours plus, we Mm -hmm. sat. Well, we got kicked out of our table. We were there for two hours, and they kicked us out of the restaurant. And
0: they just gave us our food and said, somebody needs your table now.
1: We are like, We were like, what?
0: (laughs) Well, you've been here two hours. I know you're just now getting your food because you ordered late. But sorry, eat and go.
1: Not happy about that. But we may be leaving a review for those guys. So anyway, they booted us out of our table. So Annette, we call her Mama A when she gets into fire mode. She uh, went up and had a, a good conversation. You, was were a nice, you were calm. I just said listen.
0: These people behind us said they wanted to give us their table because they had an hour and a half left. So we're gonna sit there. And he looked over and he said, But that table's not for six people and y'all have six. It that's just too crowded. Let me move you out to the patio to a nice table, which was perfect. So we were at
1: this beautiful restaurant and winery. I'm not gonna name the name. I'm gonna be nice. No,
0: because we're not happy I'm with them nice. right now, we're even though we're nice. members.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will okay. write a review. I'm sure you will, and it'll be kind but firm. So uh, truthful, speak truthful. the truth in love. So anyway, we we went out there, and it turned out to be beautiful, perfect day. And we sat out there for another. It two It was actually hours. better.
0: It exactly. turned out.
1: I wish we'd stayed been there the whole time. Right. But we had a great time, and story after story around the table because the older you get. So what I was telling John is, like, now we've got all these stories and shared life experiences. Talk about iron sharpening iron and friendship and growth, powerful stuff. John did our men's meeting on uh, Saturday morning, crushed it, hit it out of the park, Grand Slam. Uh, we had 60 men show up early in the morning on Saturday, beautiful time together. And then, of course, we had our lunch with them and, and Adam and Tina so many things are going on. My, my, my mind's buzzing. The Mercy Me opportunity. has so many things with the Mercy Me band. So here's another thing that happened. So John spoke this morning, but a few weeks ago, I was visiting with Michael, who is the lead guitar player for Mercy Me. He reached out to me through Facebook through a pastor friend named Darren Tyler at Conduit Church in Franklin, and so he reaches out through Darren. Darren goes, yeah, I know Jimmy Pruitt. He's, he goes, oh, we love Adam Curry. We're No Agenda fans. All, the whole Mercy Me group love No Mercy Agenda. Band, yes. And They love No Agenda. And so that, and so he reached out to me and said, hey, this is a long shot, but I understand you're, you're Adam's pastor. I said, well, I'm his friend, but I'm also his pastor, but I'm his friend first. And he said, hey... Um, we, if we're ever traveling out in that area, would we'd like to VIP you guys to a concert? And
0: guess what I did?
1: I <laughs> and got it goes online, online
0: and I look, and they're here April sixteenth, and I'm like, Jimmy, that's in three weeks.
1: Yeah, so I reached out to Michael. I said, Michael, we would love to do that. Let me check in with Adam and Tina see if they're available on the sixteenth. And sure Which enough, we're leaving in. Yeah, yeah we're two doing hours. our podcast now, and we're getting. We'll be getting jetting over to San Antonio for for the night, but. Um, So, and then Michael and I hit it off. We ended up texting one night, what, five hours back and forth?
0: Five and a half.
1: Five and a half hours. You're like, you're still on, not on the phone, like talking, but texting the whole time.
0: Kind of neglected that night.
1: I'm but, sorry. You know. I'm sorry. I'll it was tell our Ma- only when you meet Michael. You can scold him. You can scold Michael tonight when you meet him. <laughs> so we get to meet the band tonight. We're looking forward to that. Michael and I are both. He's a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. So we get, got into gear conversations, which that's when it went rogue. You know, but anyway. So uh, Adam and Tina. Tina knew about Mercy Me. Adam had not only heard one song, which and she was knew the because
0: song. everybody knows most people. No, I can only imagine yeah, that because that song—it wasn't amazing. just a Christian song; it it crossed over to mm-hmm. the pop stations, and so it's a very yeah. well-known song. And then also, um, they made a movie. Yeah, I can only imagine. Art's life called. Great I Man. can only imagine. So Adam got to watch that last night. The night before, he had to watch it in two different segments. Yeah. But it? Was, uh,
1: so it's a really cool connection. What an honor. So. While I'm talking to Michael that night that we had the marathon text thing, I mentioned, oh, and by the way, we're hosting John and Stacy Lynch. He lost his mind. Well, we... Michael says we love that guy. I knew they were connected to Mercy. I did Maid.
0: not know. I, I don't it. remember I that. It.
1: I knew it because of Bart's connection to the 220 network okay. and all that. I didn't know that. So I already knew that, but I didn't know how connected until Michael you know went ape nuts on the phone, and 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 I, I said, it's going to be the weekend that the concert's here. And he was like, Oh my gosh, I wish they could come to the concert with you. They had an engagement over in Austin. They had to get to this afternoon. So we didn't get to go. But anyway, it, you begin to realize that the world's small. As you get older, you know, more right. people, you the, the net goes all the way, you know, the, this, like this big net around mm-hmm. the globe where you know all these people. And then you begin to realize, wait, I know that person who knows that person. I may not know them, but I know their friend and it's, all these connections are happening right now that are just crazy just wild and so anyway we'll go do that tonight it's going to be a blast and they're going to give us the vip and give us a bunch of merch and i
0: don't know what that means so um
1: that means you get to sit special seating they is it like get to right go... up
0: front where it's too loud
1: yeah, it'll probably be up front okay or, and then your... we'll go in to um we'll go in through the back so we get to park by the buses and uh, they'll, in fact, Michael will meet us out there with tickets. So he, it, it'll it's a real neat thing. But they're goo-goo over Adam Curry. There's, they're just like bonkers over Adam. They'll be fanboying terribly. It's going to be hilarious. But uh, but it's really cool. It's, got, it's been good for me to get to know Michael. I feel like there's a friendship there. And we go to Nashville a lot, and they live in, in Franklin. So I'll, I'll get out that way and get mm-hmm. coffee or lunch. Cool stuff. All this is all tied together, Adam John Curry, now Michael and the band, and what a week! Uh, it's, that's all this week. I mean, it's all happened. So tonight's kind of the culmination of that, and then we fly out to Dallas first thing tomorrow. Yes. It's like what? I know. It's we'll it's sleep. Another we'll sleep next week. year, <laughs> right? We'll rest next year. But anyway, it's been wild. Um, we want to talk a little bit because John brought something he today. He opened
0: up. Pandora's when box.
1: When he was preaching, yes, he told a story about him being molested when he was in the fifth grade, and that he hid it for years, decades, decades. Didn't tell it. Didn't tell his family. He didn't just, tell his wife. He just said, "I'm gonna." He determined, "I'm gonna forget this and move on with my life," and yet anything that's hidden like that, he he said hiding hiding things is like a petri dish for sin
0: because
1: mm. it just eats you up from the inside out. And when he told that story, you could have heard...
0: A pin drop. I
1: heard a rat, I think, in the other end of the oh, building yeah. or a squirrel not. up on the roof. I heard an airplane from the airport. I heard birds chirping. I mean, outside. That's how quiet it got in there.
0: Well, he he was so good. He He told an amazing kind of fun story to to kind of get your heart melted, and then he throws that on you. And you're like, what? What It's like dropping
1: a bomb in a room. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh.
0: Of course, he's a genius in in his storytelling. Master Mm storyteller.
1: So when he did that, he really cracked open the door about shame. And what he did is by exposing himself in terms of saying, uh, this happened to me, it took me decades to finally tell
0: and he said, and now I tell it everywhere I go.
1: He said, I could never tell it. Now I can't stop, stop telling, telling it. it. That because was it, huge. Because what it does, it opens other people up. When someone says, hey, I've got trauma, I've got, I, and I've lived with it hidden, I'm mm-hmm. ashamed. Mm-hmm. What it does, the first person to do it, it's like tipping a domino. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to play, dominoes or play with our parents and dominoes of our we kids. We'd set them up and tip them or it's like a, it's like a dam breaking you know like that that water starts to seep through and then the crack gets bigger and then suddenly you've got a whole river coming down the valley that's and i saw that happen so uh i got up right after he finished his his presentation his message and i issued an invitation for people to come forward to if you have it and you're ready to if you're ready to offload shame mm-hmm. this is your moment and a lot of people came forward yes it was remarkable. This is
0: what revivals come I mean literally revivals start out of something like that. That's I true. I was praying. Man, Confession I was praying, Lord, and
1: repentance.
0: please just just open up the dam so that people can get their secrets yes. out. Not that we need to know their secrets. Right. We don't need all need to to feel, the know the details. No, we don't need to know details, but where people don't have shame anymore and they can walk in forgiveness of themselves oh, of a person that perpetrated them. And be able to walk upright again, because so many of us—and I know this—when he told the story, it reminded me of what happened to me as a teenager when I was fourteen. Mm. And um, I thought I was, about you, actually. I know, and I actually told John and Stacy. Oh wow! And he said, "How long did it take you before you could share it?" I don't even know how long. It was it after t- we were married. It was right? after we were married. Yeah. And um, but I Several was raped. De- couple decades. Yes, by two boys. Um, a week apart, Gosh. they were friends and they set me up and it was very hard. I lived with shame because you, you always blame yourself. You're at the yeah. wrong place at the wrong time. Um, it, it caused an avalanche of challenges in my life from there on till I was in my thirties.
1: It changed your life.
0: It did. It changed my For the life worst. and it, it, I had a terrible self-esteem and then you marry someone who is putting you up on this pedestal until you get married and I'm not talking about you I'm talking about my first husband and then it goes downhill from there because then he starts in on the same you know rant with me and it just I began to get lower and lower and lower until you know I don't even know that I actually told him what happened. I may have but I don't even think I did. I
1: remember when you told me and we talked about we were talking about healing getting healed from the inside out. It's one thing to get your you know get your a broken arm mended and healed or or, or surgery over something but how do you heal the human heart right. and the human spirit and the soul? And when you're well,
0: 14. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The
1: damage that leaves in a person and I know right now as we're talking and Annette's opening up about this. I know there are people that are going to listen to this. You're listening right now and you're thinking, that is my story. Mm-hmm. It may not be the exact same trauma, but it's something that damaged you and it it scarred your heart, it scarred your, your mind, it scarred your spirit. And those are the hardest things to heal. There-
0: it really is. And especially for women when you've been perpetrated – it's very, I mean, we played the blame game, and we just, it's hard for us to overcome something like this and trust again. Yes. That's the biggest issue.
1: I agree. Something John said that really resonated with me, he talked about guilt and shame, that guilt can be something that you suffer from based on a behavior or a mistake you made, where you feel guilty for that shame is different. Shame strikes to the very core of the person that you are. In other words, shame strikes into your character, into mm-hmm. your soul. It's much deeper and much more difficult. Guilt we can we can throw off guilt. We can work through guilt. Shame is a much deeper cut Hold on the soul. Yes, and um, I remember. Uh, you at first you didn't want to really talk about it out loud, like in in front of people. people. Mm-hmm. We had been given some opportunities to speak. You were invited to speak at a women's event, mm-hmm. and you showed up. and I didn't go with you. You, you no, went with
0: I went with a, a a lot of women from the church.
1: And you spoke at this event, and you told that story. I and I remember you coming home, and you told me, "I didn't even cry. I'm healed."
0: And and one of the women, it was an older congregation and one of the women came to me and she said she said honey god has has healed your emotions and that's why you're not crying because even as i was speaking i said i'm not crying anymore Mm -hmm. i'm not crying anymore Mm -hmm. and she said because god's healed you and you know what was funny is when i got asked to speak at this women's event when i walked in i had it all planned out what i was going to talk about when i walked in all these women were Quite a bit older. They were all gray-haired women, um, and here I was in my early to mid forties, probably I mean, yeah. mid forties. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'd say 40. And
0: I thought these ladies aren't going to be able to relate to me. I'm not going to be able to relate I'm to like them.
1: A kid compared to them.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I had no idea. A lot of those women were had gone through similar situations, and I I remember standing up after I spoke. And I was at the door, and they were all walking by me, and they were grabbing my hand and just, thank you, I needed that. Wow. Now I can tell my story. Uh-huh. And then some, I, I, now I know I can be whole again. I can be healed. And I was just sitting there thinking, I mean, these women, I was thinking maybe they were in their 60s or 70s. And I thought, wow, wow. I'm not the only one. I think you you think for so long that's that you're right. the only that's one. And that's what why shame does, yes, right? And you don't share it with so you, anybody. Shame
1: drives you into hiding. It does. And so when you begin to hide, mm-hmm. you also begin to pose.
0: Exactly. You begin
1: to fake. You begin yes. to put on a persona that's really not yours because you're projecting and mm-hmm. you you're overcompensating. And what happens in the midst of all that, you begin to lose your own identity and you don't even know who you are anymore or your identity never f- develops. You never become what, what, what we call getting comfortable in your own skin right. where you're just at a place where, you know, I like who I am. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like who you are when you've got hidden trauma that's never been dealt with.
0: Well, and if it's you don't get any kind of therapy,
1: yeah, any help
0: because you you've hidden it even from people that spiritual could
1: spiritual counseling
0: guide you to counseling. You know, I mean that that was dangerous. It was a dangerous place. So you know, it 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 took me years and years and years before I could get to the point to where I could share and then become healed. And I I later on I went into you know would talk was was able to talk to therapists about it. The shame just totally went away. Now it's just Beautiful. this is what happened, and so now I've moved on. It's just part of what happened in my
1: life. So part of what happened in terms of your healing is you got it out in the open, and this is something John mentioned. Yes, I've, we've dealt with this for Things years with hidden. other people too. Mm-hmm. When you get something out in the in the light, darkness can no longer be there no. because darkness isn't even real. All darkness is is the absence of light. Right at the end of the day, so darkness isn't even doesn't even have. There's no matter, there's nothing to it, no substance. It's a void. So when we go into hiding, we go into a vacuum. And it just simply means that no light's been let inside. But when you, if you've ever been in a movie theater in the day and you go out, it's like, whoa, you know, so bright. But what happens is when you expose that trauma, that shame, uh, all that goes, that condemnation, guilt, all that stuff that goes along with that, when you get it into the light... Light dissipates darkness, right. and it also dissipates that which has been hiding in darkness. So you got it out in the open. You told me about it. You later began to share it in various meetings and opportunities in ministry or just one-on-one meetings with, with women, and it didn't take long before you realized, I'm not crying about this anymore. I don't feel the pain. The, the trigger's gone. hmm I can pull the trigger, but there's no bullet in the gun. I mean, there's just nothing exactly. there. Exactly. And that's when you knew you were he- healed. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that process. And That's
0: why I said, Lord, use me to help other people. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want something to happen to me that was the that atrocious and it not be used for good.
1: What a waste of it, pain. Yes,
0: it is a waste of pain. And I said, open up my mouth. Let me be able to tell my story, but not so it'll trigger other women, but that it'll bring healing wow. to, to other women.
1: That's beautiful. I do have a Bible verse I'd like to share yeah. just to help any of you out there. And, and Annette and I, just just because we're pastors, don't ever think that we don't have to stay in the Word of God. Uh-huh. We don't have to constantly feed ourselves life-giving, positive Scripture because we, we're, we're subject to the same things anyone else is. Don't ever think we're not. And uh, so in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, has become a go-to for me when I'm having one of those days. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this is what it says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life, boy, what a beautiful phrase, it's a spirit of life, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So what what did it? It was it was Christ Jesus releasing to us the law of the spirit of life. In other words, Jesus is so life giving that when he comes into your life, there's an exchange. Your old life for a new life. And now you're operating under the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Oh,
0: and I'm a new creation.
1: Yes, you and are. I love
0: that John talked about I happen the to old... like
1: this new creation. <laughs> Hubba. Oh
0: my goodness. I I he talked about the old creation versus new creation. When we accept Christ, we literally have a new heart. We're new people. We're not even the same. If, if, we, if people could get a hold of, of us having this new creation, mm. that we don't have to live like we used to, we don't have to think like we used to, that we literally walk in newness of life Girl, with Him, oh my preach. goodness, it brings freedom. 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 And that is that is just my mantra I mean I, I walk in the newness of life that's what the baptism is when you when you baptize Adam and others you you know they laid down their old life and you they, they were raised up in a new life with Christ it's it's
1: huge it's just such freedom. It's not just life changing, it's life exchanging. Yes. I mean, it oh, literally... I'll, we oh, do a, a song called thing. Beautiful... It is.
0: Thing. And we do a song called Beautiful <laughs> Exchange, which I brought to yeah, our I worship team. Yeah, I love that song. And it is. It's an, a beautiful exchange.
1: Oh, it is. It's glorious. So I have written on my arm in ink. So Annette had an idea of us getting tattoos one time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when, oh, and what, you're not supposed to tell that. Like that. Oh, yeah. No,
1: yeah, Like last five month.
0: Five years ago. Uh, last month. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so anyway, oh, a just... while back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're
1: giving away our age. Okay,
0: edit this real quick.
1: Yeah, right. No, I'm leaving it. So I have tattooed on my arm, "Free indeed," John eight thirty six. The whole scripture says. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. It's talking about being set free by the by the power of Christ. And I actually tattooed it so that I can see it. It isn't really for other people. It's fairly large, but it's on my, inside of my forearm. And and I want I do people do ask about, it, which is pretty cool. But I love seeing that every day as a reminder that in Christ, I'm free. Even if I don't think I am in the moment or feel like I am, I still am. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Now... I have. to have one other Bible verse, and then we're going to land the plane. We're shooting our approach. Flaps are down. Wheels are down. Gears down.
0: You really are a preacher, aren't you? I'm.
1: Ter- I really yeah. am. What can I say? Second um, Corinthians five. I'm not normal though. Well, that's wait. for Sure.
0: You didn't preach today, so that's why Is you're. That preaching. why I'm so wound today? up. Yes. Yes. You didn't get to preach.
1: Second Corinthians. Second <laughs> Corinthians five seventeen says. Therefore. By the way, it's one of the first Bible verses I ever memorized was this one. Someone told me to memorize it. it as the best one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. So it's an exchange. The old's gone. The new has come because you're a new creation in Christ. Isn't that beautiful? It's
0: very beautiful. Wow.
1: Mind-bending. Love it. Listen, don't play the shame game. You know, there comes a point where you need to just offload that. For for most of us, it means finding someone that's trusted, exactly. someone that's safe. And listen, I know that's not easy to do. We've gone through in seasons world, in yes. our life, and it's not to diss any of our friends, but there's a difference between acquaintances and people you just love to hang around, and those that you can really go deep with. And those are jewels. Those are gifts. Mm-hmm. Those are treasures when they come along in our lives. Somebody that can be trusted, and. Um, so for us, in our life, we've had trusted friends and each other that we could share these things with. And by by getting them out into the light and out into the open, uh, that that shame loses its power over your life.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's been your experience. You yes. talked about it. Yes, And it's Absolutely. been mine too, as a matter of fact. I'll share about that on another podcast. Hey, just a couple of things before we go. I want to thank everyone. I've been reading through your comments. Um, on Fountain in particular, which is a great, great value-for-value value platform. i want to invite you to check out Fountain as a podcast platform. But uh, just so appreciate the, the comments that you've left. I do want to read one, if that's all right with you, babe. This, this one really blessed me, and I'm just so thankful when people take the time to write in and, and say thanks kind of thing. So here it is. Um, and this is from... Let's see, I'm going to go all the way down to the show, that last show. So, um, I'm sorry. I've got to find that, that episode. Here we go. Episodes. This is from this, just this last week. Um, listen to this, Annette. It's very short, but I just want to say thanks to um, RGBTC. They gave us 1,000 sats, which was nice for a boost. But listen to this. Thank you for helping me rediscover a relationship with Christ. God bless. And RGBTC, we just want to say thank you for saying thank you and appreciate the sats. But more than that, I appreciate you letting us know that that our conversations here and our vulnerability here is helping you. Mm. And uh, so I prayed for you when I read your comment, by the way, because it was such an encouragement to me. And so I just want to say blessings to you. Um
0: That's why we do this. It is. I don't want to do it this is. just to have a show. Yeah. I want it to be meaningful and I want I want people to feel um, life coming out of us and yes. receive life that Jesus only Jesus can give.
1: Absolutely. That's our heart for you, living up in a down world. And we want you to, to get your buckets filled up with this life so that you can go out and make beautiful messes every day, yeah. all over the place. Much love to you all. I'm, there was more that we wanted to say. We, we're full, aren't we? Our bucket. We buckets have are, to. Catch we got to get on the road to, San, <laughs> to San, Antonio San Antonio to go see Mercy Mead here pretty quick. So I got to finish producing this. We love you. Live up in a down world. Have a great week. Great week. Making beautiful messes everywhere you go.